Hello and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. My name is Tom Rebeck and I'm here with Martin Scott from our consumer research team. Today, we're going to talk about gaming and the opportunity for operators. This is based on our recently completed consumer survey. So Martin, let's start with that survey um, and talk briefly about it. So can you give us the, the basic details of the survey and summarize some of the key findings? Thanks a lot, Tom, and thank you everyone for listening today. So this survey is of consumers, about 23,500 consumers. Um, We run it annually and it covers um, Europe, the USA, Asia, the Middle East and Africa. We collect about 350 data points per respondent and that covers the entire spread of their telecoms media and tech behavior. It covers uh, all sorts of things from uh, their mobile spend and their churn intention through to what kind of fixed broadband technology they have, what devices they have. But the focus of the reports that we will be discussing today is primarily the digital gaming questions that we ask within that questionnaire and within that survey. So we ask consumers about what types of games they play, how they pay for them, how that gaming behavior relates to telecoms behavior, most crucially. So we've been able to segment the market into different kinds of gamers. So uh, essentially there are three, three core categories, which we call casual gamers, core gamers and hardcore gamers. And you can really nicely and clearly see that there is a direct relationship between the differences in gaming behavior in those three categories and how important these customers are to telecoms operators quite distinctly. Mm. Yeah, I thought what was interesting if we kind of put aside the, the spend on, on, on games for these these people or these different segments, just their, their spend on core telecom services is, is higher depending on how hardcore a gamer they are. Exactly that. So if you look at, say, the difference between a casual gamer, which is someone that doesn't actually pay for gaming services, they spend about, say, 25 US dollars per month on, on their mobile services on average. Um, If you then look at the next category up of core gamers, who are people that, say, game on multiple devices and spend a bit of money on gaming, they're spending an extra $5 per month on their mobile services, plus an extra dollar or so on their fixed telecom services. And then if you look at the hardcore gaming category, it's another couple of dollars on their mobile spend and another dollar on their fixed spend again. And that soon adds up. That, That means that hardcore gamers are spending almost 50% more on their mobile services than casual gamers who are spending more on their services than non-gamers. So these are important customers and it's an important delineation for telecoms operators. Yeah, and it, it, so it's an important segment to, to get, even if you even if you don't get any of the spend that they make on, on, on gaming. Um, obviously better if you can get more some of the spend on gaming. Um, and also there seem to be a relationship between the people who, who spend more on gaming are also spending more on other entertainment services like TV and so on. Yeah, exactly that. So um, the average number of streaming video services that they use increases depending on how much they game as well. So a hardcore gamer uh, uses an average of, uh, say, four OTT video services, whereas a casual gamer uses an average of, I think it's only 1.6. So service stacking is much, much higher in harder core gamers. Yeah, it does make me wonder where these people find the time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let, let, let's talk about all of this in relation to telecoms operators um, and why gaming is so important to telecoms operators, particularly now, um, and, and particularly given that there have been previous initiatives in the past that maybe haven't been particularly successful. Yeah, so um, 
well, primarily it's about revenue growth, right? So digital gaming revenue, uh, retail revenue was about 165 billion US dollars in 2021. And the the absolute amount of growth in terms of uh, millions of dollars or billions of dollars in the industry is about three times as much as the growth in retail revenue for telecoms at the moment. So this is a growing pot and therefore a growing opportunity. And, and telecoms operators, I guess, can't really uh, afford to simply ignore that. And also mobile is a really big part of it. So 89% of gamers in emerging Asia Pacific, so that's markets like Malaysia, Indonesia, China, India, play on mobile devices compared to 74% in the USA and 66% of those in developed Asia Pacific markets like say uh, Singapore or Japan or South Korea. I think one of the other big things that's changing is how consumers pay for games. So subscription gaming is rapidly gaining popularity. Um, the share of paying gamers that use subscription services grew from, I think it was 27% to 37% in Europe year on year between 2020 and 2021. And we saw an even bigger shift in the US from 32% of paying gamers to 46% using subscription-based payments for gaming. And okay. That's and so this is, sorry, this is the shift from it, it used to be they would buy an individual game, it'd be a one off purchase, and now they're moving to a, like a monthly subscription plan. Exactly that. So uh, much like with uh, streaming video services, how we, we talk about like movie rentals as being a transactional mm. purchase versus your Netflix subscription as being subscription, the same thing is happening with gaming. And and that's that's a good fit for operators because you know they they can act as billing partners as enablers uh, for these services. Um, when it comes to cloud gaming, obviously there are closer synergies uh, in terms of uh, mobile edge computing capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course operators can much like they do with streaming video, they can act as service aggregators. So. We're seeing an increasing number of telecoms operators bundling multiple OTT video services alongside their core telecom service. Exactly the same thing can happen for gaming. So Telecom Italia, for example, started doing this with its Tim Games gaming platform, which is integrated into its Tim Vision set-top box and its video proposition. It's it's taking that logical approach to streaming video and expanding it out to subscription gaming. Um, you asked earlier why some initiatives hadn't succeeded. Um, yeah, so things like uh, Google Stadia, I suppose, closing down its uh, games uh, development studio and that kind of thing. I, I suppose there are a few issues here. One is is timing. I think like players are still working out how all of this works. It's the gaming industry is in a real state of flux, um, particularly with you know those big shifts in how people are paying for things and uh, and really significant mergers and acquisition activity in in just the, the last few weeks. I also think there's a bit of a failure of demographic targeting in all of this when you think about how operators have approached this. So that's why I think it's so important to think about different propositions for uh, casual gamers to core gamers to hardcore gamers. Um, And on that subject of targeting, um, we clearly see a distinct difference in willingness to pay more for 5G to uh, use 5G as a way to improve the gaming experience 
depending on market segments. So yeah. if you look at uh, casual gamers, 11% of casual gamers, even though they're not actually paying for games, said that they would actually pay more for a 5G proposition that improved their gaming experience. And that goes up to 35% of core games and 54% of hardcore gamers. So the majority of hardcore gamers say, yes, I would pay more for a 5G service that improved my gaming experience. And that's going back to your point about capturing the direct spend on gaming. It's also really important to capture um, the synergies of them being willing to spend more on core telecom services to improve their game experience. In fact, that's that's arguably more important and yeah. easier to get. Yeah. And even if we don't necessarily believe the percentages of people, obviously people say they're willing to pay for a service, they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily yeah, translate yeah. into actually paying for it. But it does suggest that they are maybe aware of the differences with 5G or or kind of open to the idea that they could they could have a better network connectivity service than they're getting right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You're right that there's a very much difference between what people say they'll do and what they do do. But it's surprisingly consistent. Um, so, for example, with things like uh, churn, if yeah. you ask people if they're going to churn, then loads of people say, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to change my mobile service provider right right now. And actually about 40% of people consistently follow through. But when you split things down into demographics, you'll find that it tends to be about 40% of people, no matter which split of the data you do. Right. So we can still conclude that hardcore gamers are probably about five times more likely to pay for these extra things for 5G connectivity than casual gamers. So there's still clear value in this sort of segmented approach to the market. Yeah, and I guess the, the, the link between gaming and 5G uh, and also Network Edge um, mm. is kind of a clear one. I think we've seen it in, in South Korea and places like that where the operators are, are trying to use the combination of gaming and Network Edge and 5G as, a, as an incentive for customers to switch over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've talked a bit of we've talked a fair bit about um, mobile, maybe also just touch on what this means for fixed operators. Yeah, so obviously there is also an opportunity here to use gaming to help sell fibre. Um, there are direct retail propositions and bundles, so tying cloud gaming into into fibre propositions. That that sort of thing we start to see in Southeast Asia, for example. Um, and, and universally, I think it's well established that latency um, is an important element of the gaming experience. And certainly it will also be important when we start thinking beyond gaming into wider applications for VR experiences and, and the metaverse. Um, and, and so fiber really, really helps with that. A key part of that, I think, is also um, operators selling in-home network connectivity improvements. So explicitly we've seen for example um, in the philippines pldt have started charging uh, a rental fee for um, wi-fi 6 routers that are mm. specifically positioned as gaming optimized routers so again it's a way of taking gaming behavior and not just monetizing the, the content revenues but but using that as a way to monetize or improve spend on core connectivity services so you can absolutely do that for fixed as well as mobile Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for that, Martin. Um, we've uh, the, the article that we've been mostly discussing, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. There's also plenty more content based on the survey and on the games market on the Analysis Mason website. To automatically receive future episodes, please subscribe to the Analysis Mason podcast. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.